0: Judge, um, you know, because we're, we're just trying to think about the ramifications when a precedent is set, what it means down the road, right? So, so suppose three people say we want to we want to be a marriage. Um, we're three people and
1: we love each other and we want to be marriage. What's to prevent that under this? That's Martha McCallum in 2015, speaking on Fox News immediately following the Supreme Court decision to allow same-sex marriage. There's a word for what she was talking about, and it's called polyamory. So, what exactly is polyamory, and who really cares? This can't be something many people do, right?
0: So in the US, the stats are about 21% of people at any given point in their life will be in a non-monogamous situation. And at any given time, it's about four to five percent of people are in a non-monogamous relationship. And the other thing is, is that it's often underreported because it's still a very stigmatized thing. and yeah. it can be difficult to study and to find people who are willing to identify.
1: This week, we dive into polyamory and discuss with our guests whether humans really can love more than one person at the same time, or are we all just destined to be jealous? This is a Pretty Normal Podcast, and I'm your host, Xavier Diaz. You're listening to a pretty normal podcast, a show that highlights the fascinating stories and thought provoking moments that make up our lives. My name is Xavier Diaz, and I want to hear your story. Millions of Americans currently in non monogamous relationships, why is it that we barely hear about this? And what are some of the challenges that polyamorous couples go through? On this week's episode, we got to sit down with Christy to discuss polyamory, and one thing she definitely wanted to make clear was that polyamory is not the same as polygamy. So, what is the difference between polygamy and polyamory?
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> Polygamy, yeah, that's not, they're not the same thing at all. Like, Mm -hmm. they're both, you know, under the umbrella of non-monogamy, but um, polyamory is basically having multiple partners with the consent and knowledge of everyone involved. And the relationships can be anything from sexual, romantic, um, intimate, not necessarily sexual or romantic, because there's ace people who are poly, there's aromantic people who are poly. Um, And then with polygamy, there's much more constraints in terms of gender and I feel like there's much more suppression of women Whereas in polyamory everyone's empowered to be their own person and make their own decisions Mm -hmm. And there's not really, at least the way that I do it, there's not restrictions placed on people's behaviors
1: So it's a little bit more open, a little bit less oppressive Yeah, open,
0: consensual, Mm -hmm. and everyone is like empowered to Mm -hmm. make whatever decisions work best for them
1: So is polyamory kind of like um, you know, the evolution of polygamy, whereas polygamy started in a more patriarchal sense? I would say no, no. because
0: non-monogamy has existed as long as humans have. Uh Um, It just is widely erased from history Mm -hmm. and not talked about a lot, and when we're talking about um, human sexual evolution, um, a lot of times there's a bias in that research towards monogamy even mm-hmm. though most mammals in the world are non-monogamous mm-hmm. humans are no exception to that mm-hmm. um and you know while some people might thrive in a monogamous relationship um you know i definitely feel like i'm wired for non-monogamy yeah. which a lot of people do as well um and it's been around as long as mm-hmm. humans have really and it's natural to you know Just love more than one person at a time
1: and why do you feel you personally are wired for
0: this? Because, uh, you know, we don't
1: have to talk about everybody sure. and why they get into it. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, no,
0: because everyone's different. Everybody <laughs> might be interested in it for different reasons and some people don't see it as much of an identity as others do. I definitely do see it as you know, part of my identity. Um, and it just fits in how I think about human relationships and interactions with other people. Like, It doesn't make sense to me why. Every other relationship that humans have, you can have more than one person involved. You know, you can have multiple kids. That doesn't mean you love your first kid less. You can have multiple best friends, multiple parents. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to romantic and sexual relationships, suddenly you have to limit it to one person. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was, you know, monogamous up until a couple years ago mm-hmm. and felt, you know, kind of constrained after a while. Like I felt like my behaviors were very limited and I couldn't... Um, you know, follow through, like, attractions or connections I felt with other people, whether Mm -hmm. if it was, like, emotional or sexual, or other kind of intimacy. Mm -hmm. You know, I just felt like there were too many, like, barriers to being able to explore that. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Without getting into it too much, but was your last monogamous relationship was it a good relationship or do you feel it was something toxic that kind of pushed you towards you know maybe jealousy i feel oh
0: geez my last monogamous relationship was i would say was a good one um you know at least it was it was an interesting ride Mm -hmm. all
1: right yeah we don't have to get too far into it but it is good to know yeah what was you know if there was factors that went into your decision you know or things that you felt like you know this is just the monogamous relationship was mm-hmm. too jealous, maybe old and them are like Well, it wasn't
0: and... even like jealousy. It was just feeling like I couldn't fully express myself or express my emotions. And mm-hmm. also since I'm queer, I felt like very restricted only like I was de- you know, my monogamous relationships had been with men. Mm-hmm. So I felt like restricted in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, after I- the... Last monogamous relationship ended. I just kind of wanted to be single for a while. Yeah. Um, and I just knew I didn't want that feeling of being like so strongly tied to somebody like that, or mm-hmm. feeling like you have to meet these expectations in a relationship. Cause like in monogamy, we have this thing called the relationship escalator. Mm-hmm. You, do you know what that is? I do not. So this is basically the phenomenon that like, you know, one step at a time. You know, you you start from, like, you meet the person, you're attracted, you start talking, you go on some dates, you decide you're exclusive, mm-hmm. then you start to become a little more intertwined, maybe you start living together and sharing finances, and then you get married, and then you have kids, and then you die. Yeah, typical love and, story. And, you know, not always <laughs> in that order, uh-huh. um, but that's, like, the general trajectory and the general expectations that are placed on a monogamous relationship. Mm-hmm. That, you know, when you start it, you kind of have this idea that, like, this is what's gonna happen, whereas, Um, and poly, that can get kind of thrown out the window,
1: um,
0: especially with the way that I do it um, Mm -hmm. because you can just decide with that person what you want the relationship to look like and Mm -hmm. set your own expectations for it
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: you know, it's not always ideal to be living with somebody or to be Mm -hmm. sharing finances with somebody or to even marry somebody and so you can kind of structure it however you want and so that's like
1: the freedom of it
0: right there's a lot of like freedom and flexibility with it and Mm -hmm. a lot of personal autonomy that is um emphasized and so i was single for a while yeah just wanted to like date around yeah um but then also like started craving like connections with other people again Mm -hmm. but didn't want to be in like a traditional looking relationship yeah and so I ended up meeting this guy online who was solo poly, which is how I identify, which I can explain what that means. I would love to hear <laughs> a minute, yeah, please. All these terms. Uh huh. Um, and you know, met him, started like you know falling for him a little bit, mm-hmm. and that kind of gave me a window to learn more about polyamory. Okay. And whereas like I had heard about it before, but never really considered it for myself, mm-hmm. and so meeting someone who was actually doing it was the first time I met someone who was open about it and actually doing it. And, and when so, you
1: when you met him, yeah. you were, you know, coming off a monogamous relationship, seeing he's he explained to you, I'm guessing, that he was uh-huh. poly. Oh, yeah. Okay, so did it take you a little bit to understand? Like, were you open to it at first, like, just oh, from the I was, beginning?
0: I was totally open to it at first, and I was like, oh, I'm so intrigued by this, I uh-huh. want to learn more. Yeah, yeah. And then it's I started... Like, doors open for Yeah, you. and there's, uh-huh. like, some really awesome books about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started reading some of the books and, like, learning more about it and it just all kind of started clicking for me and i was like this is how i want to structure my relationships now okay. because it just like really vibed with just how i thought about my connection with other people mm-hmm. and so that was you know year and a half almost two years ago mm-hmm. and so i've just been like doing it so you don't then, keep basically. in touch with
1: that same guy um
0: i mean we broke up but we still talk like well, we're still yeah, you know
1: is an important part of your uh, yeah, the trajectory of your that, life seriously that trans- yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing because I was gonna ask you like how do you go about you know meeting mm-hmm. others that are open to this you know
0: yeah totally so well one way is the internet
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so, like, internet connects all yeah uh-huh. that's really
0: helpful mm-hmm. um, in connecting with other non-monogamous people um, here in New York there's a lot of non-monogamy, and so mm-hmm. there's different social events that you can go to where it's like you know social groups you can just like hang out mm-hmm. you know, to like a cocktail thing the other their night which was fun mm-hmm. you know there's other like social events and like parties and you know you can get connected to the community in the local area meet people in person through that mm-hmm. or you know online.
1: <laughs> do you think that there is a limit on how many people that you can really uh, I guess Give your love to like. It, will there ever be a point where you're like, all right, I am now dating this amount of people. I think I'm okay with this.
0: No, see, this is like a little phrase that I hear all the time that is so accurate, uh-huh. which is that love is infinite, but time is not. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, balancing multiple partners can be really tricky. Yeah. Um, I will say that it depends on like how often you see them, what role they play in your life. You know mm. what? You know, because some people. You might want to see every week. Some people you might want to see a couple times a week. Mm-hmm. Some people you're like, oh, once a month is fine. Yeah. Um, and so it also depends if they're local or long distance. Mm-hmm. Um, what I have found is that... Uh, so I had done long distance and monogamy. Mm-hmm. And it was really challenging. Yeah, it's but so hard. But <laughs> I have found that with poly, it's a lot easier. Okay. Because you're not relying on that person for everything. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing that like made me really like want to structure my relationships that way is like just the idea that like is it really fair to one person to put all of your romantic sexual intimate financial housing emotional support needs on the one person so it's really nice getting different supports from different people and having like a wide net Mm -hmm. of people who you can confide in and who are there to support you and you know whether they're nearby or further away you can you know figure out a way to balance it Mm -hmm. where it all kind of works together and so like in terms of like a number of partners It's really hard to say. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in terms of like local partners like I feel like my like happy number is maybe like three or so
1: and that's what you're currently
0: That's like pretty much where I'm at
1: three right right now. now. Yeah,
0: I mean there's other people. I'm like talking or dating or you know, getting to know,
1: and but. what is so? Have you met them all around the same time, or
0: no? So, I met my one partner um, last summer, mm-hmm. our anniversary is next month, so Aww, that's congratulations! Cute. <laughs> um, and then the other two, I met them, let's see, March. May- like three months ago. So and that then, one's a little bit more new.
1: In terms of balancing your time, yeah. because I like what you said, how love <laughs> is infinite, time is not, yeah. how do you go about doing it, making sure that, you know, you still are there for all the- for each one Yeah, well
0: like the first thing I- like, okay, my calendar is very important. (laughs) (laughs) I am very good at scheduling things. Uh I generally like like to see the people I'm dating like once or so a week, give Mm -hmm. or take. Obviously there's flexibility in that and sometimes schedules just don't line up and that doesn't happen, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always schedule like the time I need for myself first Mm -hmm. because I'm solo poly, so that means like I don't have a primary partner, nor do I really want a primary partner. Mm-hmm. I really like living by myself. I really prioritize like my autonomy and independence, as well as those of my partners. Everyone is like their own person with their own agency, mm-hmm. um, and so I know I need a lot of alone time personally to like just recharge and like you know be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I always make sure I have like at least like a couple t- or a few days a week where it's like I'm not seeing anybody mm-hmm. that day um unless it's like you know a brief interaction or something and then you know kind of schedule around that
1: that's great because you know what you i think originally i said you wanted was to just you know have some time alone and to not you know be so connected to just one relationship you never gave me the definition of solo uh, i just did okay so solo (laughs) is just when you like you're you don't have a main there's not one main um i guess relationship it's How would you... Kind of.
0: Like, there's different ways to define it, and it means different things to different people. So, for me, it just means, like prioritizing my autonomy and the autonomy of my partners and also not having a hierarchy. So like Mm -hmm. some ways that some people do non-monogamy is they have their primary partner Mm -hmm. and then everyone else is kind of secondary. I don't do that because I think hierarchy is bullshit and I'm also an anarchist. And so I just challenge the (laughs) fuck out of all of of that. all establishments. All establishments, honestly. (laughs) Like outside of relationships too. Um, And so, what was I saying?
1: So... There's solo poly, and then what other...
0: And so it's also like a more egalitarian approach to how you handle your relationships, and, you know, just, you know, a lot of emphasis on autonomy.
1: And so what's the definition of someone who does it in that hierarchical structure? They would probably just just like
0: hierarchical polyamory. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't... I don't date those people.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's just it doesn't work work for me. Like
0: I have, and it just doesn't work for me because I'm often put in the secondary position since Mm -hmm. I'm solo, and Mm -hmm. like I'm not okay with feeling less important or less valued, or like having someone else be, you know.
1: And I think that dilutes some of the openness that comes with polyamory. Like once you start you know establishing roles for each person it's kind of like all right. it's not monogamous but at the same time we're creating like a structure of roles that like yeah and similar to the other
0: thing is like sometimes like people who do it that way will kind of put limitations on how far that secondary relationship can go Mm -hmm. where it's like for me I think all options are open Mm -hmm. but when you're saying you know we can only get to this point or like we will never do this together or this Mm -hmm. and it's like I don't like I just don't even... am more comfortable with everything being an option and then yeah, just seeing yeah. whatever works for the people involved. Yeah,
1: and determining yeah. it by the situation. Yeah.
0: Right. Cause it is a situation like it's, it's you know, mm-hmm. I view each relationship as its own thing and mm-hmm. you know, it's up to the myself and the other person or people involved what we want to that decide to look that, like. Act on
1: that. Yeah. Okay. So then let's say weddings. Who do you bring <laughs> as like wedding dates? Like how do you <laughs> Uh well the <laughs> How do you uh, manage this? Who do you bring? Yeah, to?
0: well, first of all, I'm like, can I just get a plus three and not a plus one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, the last wedding I was invited to, I did not, I got a plus zero, so that, you know, that solved that, which, like, made yeah. me feel kind of bad, because I was like, my relationships are important, at least give me, like, someone to be here for yeah. myself, for me, mm-hmm. like because um, You other
1: specifically peop- got a plus zero or everybody got plus zero? No,
0: there were some people who had dates. Oh, so that's, I, I that's was kind of, I was not so jazzed about that. Yeah,
1: that's messed up. And is, do you think that's because they know? They might not situation? know how
0: to handle it. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, you could just ask me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> is that something you run into a lot people not knowing like, you know,
0: um I would say not so much because like most of the people that I'm close with are Mm -hmm. well aware of that it's Mm -hmm. more of like those that are on the periphery that I feel like don't totally get it and don't really know how to engage Mm -hmm. about it which you know does your family know? Oh, yeah. F- I'm, okay. I'm open, like, uh-huh. I'm very, very open about it. The, like, work is the only place where I'm a little bit quieter about it. Yeah. But, like, everywhere else in my life, I'm very out. Because, Which is fine. Right. And I, th- I think that visibility is really important because, yeah. you know, one of the things I care a lot about is just having this be a more socially accepted thing because Mm -hmm. there's still a huge stigma, a huge taboo, and it's ridiculous and a lot of it is because people just don't know what it actually entails and there's a lot of misconceptions about it. Mm -hmm. So I feel really strongly about being open about it and you know talking to people about it
1: yeah and that's so the only they way can actually really... be
0: like well informed yeah
1: and yeah. that's the only way to advance and to bring issues to exactly. light exactly like, this group of people doesn't deserve to be in the shadows anymore we want to be out in the open about this Completely. so yeah how do you what do you do for like let's say weddings where they just give you a plus one like
0: i mean that's yet to happen <laughs> oh, to really? be honest yeah oh
1: man i, I would have thought so. that would have been like So let's say like Christmas parties, anything that involves like, do you just situationally again?
0: Situationally, yeah. I mean, if it's something where it's like, bring your partner, bring your whatever, then it's like, I might like ask if I can bring more than one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, someone invited me to like a party in a couple weeks for like a friend's birthday and it said like, bring your partner, bring your partners, bring your whatever's. And it was like very inclusive of that. So I was like, cool, I can bring multiple partners if I want to. And that's what's Um,
1: great about being part of the community. Yeah. is that you know people will understand this well that,
0: yeah that's the other thing like a lot of the stuff that i go to are already poly inclusive places yeah. and so like i don't run into that issue a whole lot mm-hmm. Because I don't go to a lot of, like, and if it were, like, a family party or something like that, like, I would, I would just ask if I can bring multiple.
1: So, do all your partners, well, they're all poly, poly, um, solo poly as well? No. No, oh, I thought you said you wouldn't date someone that's not solo poly. Oh, not,
0: not someone that's not solo poly, but, like, as long as they're non-hierarchical about how they do poly. Like, they don't have to be solo poly, but Mm -hmm. as long as there's, they are, like, you know, Attentive to the hierarchy issue Mm -hmm. and like make sure that I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. on equal ground with Everyone else it's more about that.
1: Have you ever been to any events with all three of them at once? No, so
0: the girl that I'm dating still has not met my other boyfriend Mm -hmm. um, the one I started dating last summer and so They have not met, but you're all
1: open about like, you know, if they have other partners as well.
0: Totally, but Chris has met the other guy that i'm dating mm-hmm. that i started dating like a few months ago gotcha. like they met we all got like they came to my birthday brunch cool And, and i sat between cool. them and it was adorable nice that's <laughs>
1: amazing and i'm glad that you like can have that and yeah and, and, and
0: like, like his wife was there too and he mm-hmm. br- they brought their kids and uh-huh. like they i'm close with her as well like she and i are really good friends mm-hmm. and the kids are awesome
1: so that's something i want to ask yeah. you about is Do you think this is something that you will sustain throughout your life? Yeah. So what happens when you do want to get married? I don't. You you don't want to get married.
0: I have no interest in getting married Uh because I think the institution of marriage is, there's just a lot wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And the only reason I would would be if there are, there would be a, very compelling, like, financial or legal reason to do so. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's just not really an institution I want to engage with.
1: Gotcha. So. I don't like
0: the power dynamic it creates, I don't like the norms that are surrounding it, I don't like the history of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about property and ownership and possession of women, and yeah. you know, a lot of the traditions that we have today are just mm-hmm. morphed versions of that. Mm-hmm. And I, there's also, you know, I care more about chosen family gotcha. and the people that I'm close with mm-hmm. and it's like I don't need a legal contract to like
1: to yeah do it's that. So and expensive it's, and then
0: it's like i also don't really want to be financially entangled with anyone yeah so it's it like if you're married there's sticky. a lot of baggage that goes along with that that i'm just not interested yeah, in and
1: the government's involved in everything yeah like, everything. you got yeah it's a million process papers and right. processes
0: and then it's like how why how would i pick one person to do that which is what i wanted to really like, get
1: to is uh, yeah so then what about children do you think you'll have children i don't you want don't kids don't want kids either no i can't no. wait to
0: get my tooth <laughs> set.
1: is that just i'm like have you always, you know, had no, that mentality? No, like
0: I used to want kids, but that's because I'm a woman and I was socialized to want kids. kids but then yeah. when I started actually thinking about it for myself, like being pregnant terrifies me. <laughs> yeah. I like just don't have an, any interest yeah, really painful, so in being like a parent. <laughs> like I like other people's kids. Like mm-hmm. I love my partner's kids. They're cool. Like I'm happy to be like, you know, an adult supportive figure in like another kid's life, but like Uh I don't really want my own. I just want cats.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how do they explain it to their kids when, you know?
0: Oh my gosh, kids are so simple. They're easier than adults because it's like, they don't know any better. And it's like, to them it's just normal. So it's like, you just break it down. And like, you know, the way they explained it to them is that, you know, some people, when they date, only date each other, Mm -hmm. but other people, date multiple people Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that and it's just a different way to do things and they know me as you know his girlfriend (laughs) and like we all hang out together Mm -hmm. well I think the
1: problem so I do think kids are simple you know kids are just clay that you mold them to how they should believe and parents are like the first place that they get really their values from the problem I think comes when they go to school, and these things aren't really taught in right. school. At least when I was in school, this oh is my 100% not, No, yeah.
0: I didn't even get anything about queer history in yeah, school. Yeah, like, that's well, ed, Or like, sex ed. Like, yeah. I didn't even get sex ed. Like, yeah. I went to Catholic really? school. Oh, oh my yeah, God. that's that a was whole nother... I don't very know damaging to, to my life.
1: Um, so then the problem is when they're not being taught it in school, and then other kids around them are not being taught mm-hmm. at school, or by their parents, so kids are cruel. Kids are a little, like, jerks. How do you get it so that kids, you know, you're educating them at home and then that education translates and they carry that with them Mm -hmm. into the school and then they don't get bullied, they don't get, you know, um, picked on, Mm -hmm. and teachers can actually, like, you know, defend them and learn about this? Do you think that, like, this comes with just having to educate more in public schools?
0: I would say, yeah, that's the ultimate goal. Um. And, you know, I don't really know how they've handled it with their kids. I haven't really talked to them much about that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think generally speaking, more education and knowledge and acceptance is like the direction. The
1: The problem is that many states don't require any sort of education about non-monogamous relationships. And worse, some states won't even allow it. Illinois' law does not mandate sex education across all school districts. If districts choose to teach sex ed, The law states all course material must teach honor and respect for monogamous heterosexual marriage. With silence in the media and in our classrooms, polyamory still has a long way to go. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, we're going to talk to Christy about how her family has reacted to her being polyamorous. My name is Xavier Diaz, and you're listening to A Pretty Normal Podcast. Do you think divorce rates would go down if uh, more people <laughs> were open to being poly?
0: Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, it's possible.
1: Uh huh. Because the way I see it is, um, you know, with dating apps and now everything has changed. Like the yeah. whole dating game has changed. Completely. It's not just. You know, I know the people from my job, I know people in my community, and that's the only people that I'll ever really meet. Now you can literally meet anyone with a few clicks. So I want to know if that has something to do with. I, I'd have to look into it the divorce rates and how people are, you know, changing with the times and stuff.
0: Well, it's not even like changing with the times because non monogamy is.
1: Yeah, everywhere mm-hmm. and
0: like, how many people cheat and don't say anything about mm-hmm. it? Yeah. Because it's like people have natural drives to be affectionate with more than one person, mm-hmm. generally speaking. Yeah. You know, um, obviously that's not everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: Situational, but that's, yeah. Think, like, the theme <laughs> of this is just right. But I think that I think, that I think if more case, people,
0: I think if more people knew it was an option mm-hmm. and like explored it in like a genuine way, mm-hmm. then possibly that might help some relationships sustain Mm -hmm. longer
1: so then when it comes to like uh you know employer health benefits and stuff typically it's given to spouse and oh my gosh the law needs to change like like, the
0: laws need to change to be inclusive of people who don't follow that structure Mm -hmm. like it's it's difficult like reading through different like policies and things like that Mm. and it's like like these are like the kinds of reasons that like it would be beneficial to marry someone at some point to like take advantage of all of that stuff. Oh, yeah. However, you know,
1: it's yeah, <laughs> so long way to go. Right, I'm glad that it's at least there's a community for it, and right. I'm assuming that it's it's mainly in more liberal areas. I don't. I a- it's
0: imagine. honestly like. All oh, over the place. There's bigger communities and like cities it, like, and things like that. Utah
1: is the the Mormon state. Yeah. Is the one where they they have multiple wives. Is that uh-huh. Utah? Yeah. So that's not that wouldn't be polyamory. No. That would just be polygamy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No
0: thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then so um, how were your parents when you you know first brought this to them? Um, Did you come out as queer first?
0: No, I came out as poly.
1: Polly first, really?
0: Yeah, and then I was queer like a few months later.
1: You didn't, were you queer before being poly? I mean, of course. I just,
0: you know, shoved that on down for years. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was something Because there's a
0: lot, you know, I had a really difficult time like actually accepting that. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, accepting it within myself before I could even like communicate it to other people. Mm Because I just had a lot of suppressed thoughts and feelings and emotions surrounding sexuality. And yeah, grew going up, to a catholic school. Yeah, catholic now. school really fucks you up sometimes. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Catholic so,
1: friends.
0: is your family very catholic? <laughs> no, but my dad's side is. Your dad's my mom's is. is presbyterian and they've always just been more accepting of things like that, but mm-hmm. like growing up like with all the catholic stuff, I internalized a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of, you know, anti-LGBT stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a very long time to come to terms with it, to be able to even like Identify it, and it's like looking back, it was always there. And it's like you always think of those little moments where it's like that was attraction, I had a crush on her, and like things like that. Mm -hmm. But at the
1: time, you didn't process it, but at the time, I didn't
0: process it like that. I was just like, oh my god, like shut that down,
1: bury it, Mm -hmm. don't
0: think that's not an option. Mm -hmm. Like it was Mm -hmm. not an option, yeah. Growing up,
1: so you came out to them as poly before coming out Mm -hmm. as queer, and how did they take it?
0: Um, so I think I told them separately, my mom is a fucking rock star to be honest she has like (laughs) gone out of her way to like learn more and ask me questions and understand it amazing um and so she's been really accepting about the whole thing like i think it you know you know at first she was probably a little bit like what (laughs) um but she's been really great about like you know learning more and like she's met you know chris and his wife and the kids and um and
1: your father is just involved
0: it's a little um, different, right? He's He says he's okay about it mm-hmm. and, like, is accepting but, like, won't engage with me on it very much. Or, he like, just, when I bring it up, he, like, doesn't say much. It's like a
1: don't look, don't tell type Yeah, and, word. like, I
0: gave him, like, this really – well, I gave both of them, like, a really cool short book that, like, explained some of it in further detail mm-hmm. so that they could just, like – Get it, you know? Yeah. And he said he read it, but like when my mom read it, she's like asking me all these questions, like, how does this apply to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my dad was like, yeah, I read it.
1: And, that and was I'm really like, it. all right.
0: So, like, at least he's not like outwardly like
1: against, against
0: it. it, but he I don't think understands it yeah. very well.
1: And what about like his side of the family? I mean, I uh, don't. Talk to most of them they're pretty distant okay
0: but my mom's side of the family um they're aware and they're
1: fine oh, yeah. yeah that's great it's good to have that support other than you know chosen family is amazing and it's yeah. a blessing but when you got family you don't get to choose them mm-hmm. and so you hope that they can at least support you because, right you know, right are stuck with each other <laughs> um so what do you do to not get jealous? Because jealousy is okay. something that you know, even <laughs> I deal with. Oh, something... do
0: I have a story? Yes. Please. So you don't just not get jealous. That's not a thing.
1: That's not a thing. Because no. It's human nature. It's, it's like you
0: can't. Jealousy is a normal human emotion, mm-hmm. and so it's something that comes up. But like the thing is, is that you actually in polyamory learn how to deal with it effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you talk about it with your partner or whatever is happening that like makes you feel jealous and then you like get support and like you know pinpoint like what the problem was there or like what's triggering it and then you handle it and move on rather yeah. than just like ignore it or pretend it's something bad or awful
1: or letting it just boil up and then blow mm-hmm. up which is the worst thing exactly. you can do Exactly. So what is what is the story? Yeah, well
0: my partner hooked up with somebody new recently Mm -hmm. and I got super jealous about it Uh because I'm like not the new shiny toy anymore and um, so I got upset Mm -hmm. and then he was like
1: (laughs) was he frustrated that you were jealous
0: well he was a little frustrated about it because like I was jealous and his wife was also feeling jealous so he felt a little ganged up on which I felt kind of bad about because like he's been really supportive of like everyone knew that I date Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry, but, like, I can't help it. I, I just need to tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, he was very supportive about mm-hmm. it. And we talked about, like, you know, just moving forward. How to
1: That's good. Because so, it's,
0: like, it's not something that comes up for me often. Mm-hmm. Because, like, normally I'm pretty supportive of, like, other people's relationships. And there's also this, another term, compersion. compersion. Um, which is, is when you feel happy when you see your other partners happy. Okay. So it's, like, um you know, like, I have a date with a new girl tonight. And Chris was like, oh my gosh, I'm excited. I hope it goes well. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, happy that it's happening and, like, wants to hear about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people call it, like, the opposite of jealousy, but I also feel like you can feel both things at the same time. Yeah. Because, like, I've definitely felt both at the same... Like, with this past situation, I'm really happy that he, like, met someone new and mm-hmm. really excited about it. Mm-hmm. However, I'm still like, fuck uh-huh. this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm glad that, like, because... To try and just swat jealousy away and be like, you know, I'm going to never getting jealous. You're never going to do it. It's you got to learn impossible. how to cope with it. That's exactly. And it seems like polyamory encourages more open communication and just being like, let's be adults about this.
0: Exactly. Like communication and honesty and like trust are like the foundation of, of all of it. Mm-hmm. Like you need to be able to talk about difficult things like that. Mm-hmm.
1: And has there ever been anything where you're like, you know, I don't want to tell one partner, but I'll tell another partner, like, how do you go about when you get stressed out? Like, who do you go to?
0: It depends. Like, you know, I might know that, like, this person's, like, in the middle of doing something right now, so maybe I'll go to this person. Mm -hmm. Or, like, I know this person's nearby, so, like, let me see if they can come over. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it really depends. But a lot of times, like, I might just talk to all of them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what
1: if they all give you, like, different advice, like... Um, what do you do? What do you take? Who do you well,
0: do? I don't always really want advice. Sometimes yeah. I just want support mm-hmm. and someone yeah. to listen. Like, I don't, if I want advice, I'll ask for it. But mm-hmm. generally, it's like, you just that's need to not, talk. I just need to talk.
1: You seem like a very independent person. I am. That's amazing. I very much and am. It's, you know, <laughs> so you are happy just being, you know, by yourself. You don't need somebody yeah. to, to, which is amazing because, you know, it's, it's sad when, you feel like all of your happiness is coming from this one person. Exactly. And then that person isn't there, and you're like...
0: So it's like, I feel like it's important to have, like, my own life together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, everyone I date complements it in different ways and adds more to, like, who I am and, like, you know, just my life in general. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be, like, codependent on somebody.
1: Mm-hmm. That's good. And do you think polyamory is practice more in the rest of the world or do you think the United States is like is are we behind
0: I'm not sure what the estimates are for the rest of the world mm-hmm. um, they recently did a new study like to get you know accurate figures on like who is non-monogamous mm-hmm. in the country I think it was Dr. Elizabeth Sheff that recently did that mm-hmm. um so in the US stats are um, about twenty-one percent of people at any given point in their life will be in a non-monogamous situation, mm-hmm. and at any given time, it's about four to five percent of people are in a non-monogamous relationship. Okay. And if it is close, and the other thing is, is that it's often underreported because it's still a very stigmatized thing, and yeah. it can be difficult to study and to find people who are willing to identify mm-hmm. as it. Um, and if it is, like, you know, around 5% and even maybe a little bit more than that, that's actually bigger than the LGBT community combined. Gotcha. Because that's more of, like, 4,
1: 4.5%. Yeah, so this is something that's... So it's
0: really common, but uh-huh. a lot of people are very closeted about it.
1: And you just don't know about it because it's not reported anywhere. It's like, no. I had no idea it was this big. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing.
0: It's really... Common, so like Mm -hmm. the rest of the world, I know it exists in other places. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the stats are like or how it compares to the US.
1: Is there any like major celebrities that's polyamorous? Like, I think it needs like a big endorsement.
0: (sighs) Wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. There's finally like celebrities that are like being more open about being bi and queer, and so Mm -hmm. that makes me really happy. So I'm like, somebody please, famous, come Come out out as poly. poly. (laughs) Like, off the top of my head, I don't know.
1: I feel like a lot of them might be poly, but it's more of like, you know, yeah. we just don't say anything.
0: There's like some I'm like suspecting.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: I feel so, like you would be poly, mm-hmm. or at least like some flavor of non Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? So, when people, when people talk to you about this, mm-hmm. um, do they ever ask you like, are you happy? Like, Why do you go and seek more if you, know, you are content with what you have?
0: i mean no one's asked me that but it's just (laughs) i've definitely been happier Mm -hmm. you know running my life this way Mm -hmm. i just feel like it's more authentic to who i am Mm -hmm. and you know i feel like my life is fuller by having
1: that's amazing
0: multiple relationships
1: and that's so you would never go back to monogamy. No, oh my you know? god.
0: The thought like... like makes my skin crawl. Like <laughs> yeah. no offense to you. I know no, you're monogamous. No problem. But I yeah, I personally cannot see myself ever being monogamous mm-hmm. again. It mm-hmm. just wouldn't work for me, especially as like someone who's attracted to so many genders. Like I can't imagine like mm-hmm. picking one person and then just like that's it.
1: Do you think uh poly people should be added to the LGBTQ well, sequence?
0: I feel like relationship dynamic and relationship structure is like slightly different than sexual orientation and gender identity Mm -hmm. so i don't know if it should be added to it Mm -hmm. but I know for me like my queerness and my polyness are very intertwined with each other. Okay. Um so it's like hard for me to talk about one without talking about the other. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if it should necessarily be included in that because I think it's also like a just a separate dimension of just like relationship structure. Yeah. Um and while like I feel like non monogamy can be very, you know, wired for some people, um there's also like a lot of options like within that. Mm-hmm. Um and i just think it's different yeah like i think it's related mm-hmm. and for me it's very intertwined but mm-hmm. i wouldn't necessarily tack like a p onto the end of yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. did mess. you see um
1: when they see us the documentary not yet oh, oh my, my gosh i can't wait to, i'm
0: probably gonna watch it this weekend
1: <sighs> trigger warning great example so yeah there's like, t- that made me so upset our, the whole time through yeah and you just see it and then you continue to see like these prosecutors who like justify it in their mind and they keep saying it and like no matter what evidence comes forward they're like no these fucking animals like don't believe them they're just lying. it's like and it's
0: not just them it's like people of color in this country especially people who are like latinx or are black Mm -hmm. are criminalized at much higher rates than the white population Mm -hmm. and are just thrown in jail for things that you know, white people just aren't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and are kept there longer, and aren't given, you know, as much, they can't, can't always afford bail, so then they're stuck there yeah, until trial, the trial might not, not even happen, and mm-hmm. then there's just so much overpopulation, and, like, the money behind it, and for-profit prisons, and just, oh, up. and the system of, like, police in this country, mm-hmm. and the brutality there, mm-hmm. there's just so much racism and classism, and, like, a lot of... Yeah stuff balled up in that package that's really destructive to a lot of people
1: Mm -hmm. and that's a whole conversation oh my gosh yeah hours long on that but you did say (laughs) something that i do want to talk about because i've only heard it one other time Hmm. uh you said latinx is Mm -hmm. that how you normally refer to a group of uh, Hispanic people.
0: Um, I would, yeah. It's or, just considered like more gender inclusive.
1: I've only heard it once, yeah. so I, I I heard it once and then I looked into it a little bit more and I was trying to figure out. So it's
0: yeah, like a lot of people still use Latino. Latinos, um,
1: yeah, but and that's so the the argument for Latinx is that you know uh, that group of people doesn't have to just be if it's. Guys and girls. It's not just Latinos, which is a masculine pronoun,
0: right? And also, like keeping in mind, like gender non-conforming or non-binary people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, it's not just a binary. It's not just yeah. men and women. But like, putting the X is like mm-hmm. inclusive of all of that.
1: The language, like all the romance languages, are so. I know they're masculine. very gendered. It's so it's hard, very right? weird. Yeah. So, how, like. I guess English is a little bit different, but when right. you're trying to do gender in um inclusive language when it comes to the Romance languages, like, do you have to just upheave the whole I language? honestly like, have no work? idea.
0: Because... Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't was, study that.
1: <laughs> I read into a little bit more about why Latinx and how there's a lot of machismo in Latin America mm-hmm. and how women are sometimes treated as second-class citizens, yeah. and that's why they're trying to get it, you know, more inclusive towards that. I just think it's so hard because of the language. It is hard because of the language. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's
0: like tough enough in English trying to get like Mm -hmm. gender inclusive language to happen. Yeah. It's like it takes time for those things to shift and for people to like actually pick up on it and use it.
1: Have you tried to take out, like, have you yourself tried to work on, you know, saying things like they as opposed to her? Oh, yeah.
0: Totally. I always like try to include that or. You know, knowing what people's pronouns are and respecting yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I want to work on it because one thing that I always do is like, even if it's girls or if it's guys, I say, "All right, see you later, guys," or "See you that, guys." Yeah. See, and like, it's, why? and you could just why say "How like, did this get ingrained in my say, head?"
0: Right. You could just be like, "See you later, everyone." See you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have a I know. It's, it's so like, hard. Right. <laughs> it's hard because it's like it's ingrained in all of us because mm-hmm. we grew up in this society which yeah. is very gendered, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of those things that come up and it's something to, that we have to like constantly be aware of and change. And it's like the more you practice it, the more you're using inclusive language, then the better it becomes, the like better. the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. Like some people will say like, oh, well, it's too hard to use they. And I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. Like, have you ever actually used they to refer to somebody? And yeah. it's like, it's really not that hard. It's just use a word. you probably used it so many times And too. you've probably used it anyways. Yeah. So it's like, there's yeah. really no excuse to not... Mm-hmm call people what they want to be called exactly. and how they yeah. identify. I don't get
1: that. So, like, if it's the first time I meet you and I call you by the wrong thing, just correct me and I'll I'll work my hardest to go for exactly. there. Exactly. Which is, like, the There's, there's no excuse do. to be, like, I can't say they instead of him. Like, what? Yes, right. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's the same you're just an syllables. asshole. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's fine if you screw up. Like, uh-huh. everyone screws up, but, like, mm-hmm. learn from it and, like, mm-hmm. do something about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: And don't actively, you know, try to make it a point to be, like, no, I'm gonna call you him. Right. Like, what are you doing?
0: No, like, how would that feel like that's yeah. awful Just and like mean, super invalidating for a person mm-hmm,
1: yeah. and then it's
0: like they're not going to trust you or want to hang out with you or like I, any of that i think my
1: entire time in like public education i received one class that sticks out in my mind where they were explaining to us the difference between sex and gender yeah one class the entire that's crazy. 12 years that i was in public school for K through uh, twelve.
0: I didn't even get that till I was in college and took sociology. And you
1: had to go and actually take it <laughs> yeah, yourself. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I
0: that... might have gotten it from somewhere else at some point, but it mm-hmm. was never part of the discussion at any point yeah, in I my education just, prior. To that. Well,
1: it was great talking to you, you Christy. Too. You have enlightened me on so many I'm things. I'm so glad. And I'm glad that this community continues to, you know, break out into the uh, for lack of better word, mainstream. Yeah. And how you are no longer in the shadows and how you personally are just happier with the decisions you made and you didn't base it off of all right, society Mm -hmm. says this, this, this.
0: Yeah, I was very unhappy when I was doing that, which I did for, you know, most of my life (laughs) Um, the APA which is the American Psychological Association they have a new task force that started you know I think maybe last year or the year before something like that um, all about consensual non-monogamy and the goal is to make um, basically society more inclusive Mm -hmm. Um, and so they have a a petition on their website to support relationship diversity Mm -hmm. and so they're using that to help advocate for the different things that they want to accomplish in terms of education and training and research and politics and all of that Mm -hmm. so I just want to ask people to go to div44cnm.org and go sign the petition so that we can have a more poly-friendly society or non-monogamous friendly society. Yeah,
1: and Uh, I don't see why anyone would be against poly...
0: No, it's like I feel like when people actually learn about it and learn it like in a way that's accurate Mm -hmm. then it...
1: And even if it's not for you, cool. That's fine.
0: At least accept that other people do it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: That wraps up this week's episode with our guest, Christy. Getting to speak to her about polyamory was super informative and very interesting because it's something that you don't really get to hear about too often. And when you hear the numbers, four to 5% of Americans currently in non-monogamous relationships, you think, you know, why isn't this being spoken about more? So it's always great to speak to someone who's part of the community and to hear what struggles they go through. Subscribe to the show, we're now on Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play, and we're finally on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned for some updates on live shows coming up. And as always, we are reimagining what society considers normal. I'm Xavier Diaz, and this was a Pretty Normal Podcast.